0: If you're saying, Mile, what are the categories that are really exciting to you? All things related to computer vision in physical spaces, being able to turn things into data to then optimize space, operations, count inventories, visibility in the movement of goods from raw materials through manufacture to transporting into a warehouse, to then transporting into distribution centers and ending up at your and my front door. So everything in that supply chain stack that drives visibility and therefore data, and therefore can be leveraged for efficiency from multiple regards, gets my really excited.
1: Hi everyone. Welcome to Looking Forward, opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. If that describes you, then this is the podcast for you. If you're a freelancer, a startup or small business, a well-established company, a nonprofit, or even someone thinking about a second or possibly a third career, this is for you too. You see, here in Looking Forward, we focus on global trends in the future, but most importantly, on the opportunities they're creating. Our guest experts will not only tell you about those opportunities, they will also give you some tips to help you take the first steps toward capitalizing on them. I'm your host, Jeff Ostroff. Hi, everyone. Did you know that several trends have put us at the doorstep of opportunities for people who work with, start businesses, or invest in SaaS products and services? That's SaaS as in software as a service. My guest expert, Maya Benson, Managing Director at Forum Ventures, speaks about these opportunities and much more on this episode. To learn more about Maya, listen to the episode and check the show notes. Now, before we get started, I want to say a few words about our sponsor, Superpass. Do you make podcasts, video courses, or other content? Well, that means you need your own engaging website and mobile app for everything you make. And Superpass can help. Turn your followers into superfans and paid customers. Elevate your brand with your own stunning website and mobile app. And with Superpass, it's never been easier. Superpass is the most powerful content app maker on the market. And now you can try it for free. Or like me, you can be on one of their other plants. Enter code LOOKINGFORWARD, all one word, all caps, forward, and get a 10% lifetime discount on any of their plans. Go to superpass.com. That's super with an A, superpass.com. And hey, if you want us to mention your organization on the show, please contact us for more details. Okay, let's get started. Well, hi, Maya. Welcome to Looking Forward Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers.
0: Hi, Jeff. I'm looking forward to our discussion today.
1: You're really into it, Maya. I can tell that you are going to be a great guest. You are an expert on SAS S-A-S, capital S, lowercase a-a, capital S, businesses, products, and platforms. I'd love for you to share with us how you first got involved in SaaS and what made you get involved with it, Maya?
0: It's so funny. I'm going to take you back in time, Jess. SaaS is software as a service. I am old enough to have really been fortunate to grow up during the dot-com boom number one. So I started my career in the mid-90s out in Mountain View, California, When, candidly, the internet and the digitization of information was being born, okay? And so how I first entered this world of software as a service was my first job out of undergrad. Like many job seekers listening to this, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I graduated. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, many if not most of us, I believe, are in that bucket. But I got some excellent advice from my dad, which was totally fine to not know what you want to do. So just go get some great training somewhere, okay. and take that as a first source of expertise, and kind of build from there. So it was great advice, and candidly, it's one I would share with all of your listeners globally. We are all learning all the time. We're always on students, ideally for our whole life. And so being a new graduate, know that you still got to learn a lot before you can start to gain experience. And so if you can find a formal training program in whatever profession you choose, I think that's a great way to start. So anyway, I got that great advice and I candidly stumbled backwards and got lucky and was an early hire at Xerox. Okay, so you have Fortune 100 company born out of Rochester, New York. And I was really lucky for two reasons. One, Xerox has a phenomenal world-class, best-in-class sales training program, really anchored in consultative value-based selling. That was uh, a really great foundation for the first chapter of my career, which was really anchored in B2B tech sales. So that was a real early win. The other early win was luck and circumstance. We were in the middle of the digital transformation at Xerox as well, right? So we were going from analog copiers to digital copiers. And so you're thinking, gee, Maya, that's great. You're telling me about copiers and hardware. And I can get how you walk up to an analog copier and hit five copies. And now I'm doing it on a digitized copier, how that experience might be different. But the other thing you got to think about is if I have a fleet of 60 copiers throughout my law firm, for the first time, Xerox could provide a login on this thing called the internet to show you have 60 copiers. This is how much money they have spent today. This is how many copies they've made today. These three are low on toner. So you're getting my point. So that was the first kind of entree into, oh, my gosh, we have connected hardware to the internet that's now visible and can be turned into an application to help the users manage all these expensive capital assets they were leasing. So that was the first entree into SaaS. Okay. So I did that and had the good fortune of kind of growing with Xerox and finding success got bitten by that digital transformation, which was effectively driven by the tech companies, of which I would put Xerox squarely in the middle of that, but really wanted to grow that technology perspective. And so then went to International Data Corporation, which is a big market research think data company for the technology industry. So I was focused, again, dot-com boom one, kind of late 90s to early 2000s on really helping next generation, mostly SaaS companies, raise capital by getting the market data they needed or getting the market data to figure out where their product would fit best in market. So those were the acres of the early days of how I got introduced into SaaS, both from a product standpoint at Xerox and then really candidly, by equipping venture back or wannabe venture back SaaS companies with data.
1: Very interesting. I'm only going to comment on a couple of things you said. Such a truism. There are new things emerging all the time. And if you want your life to be exciting, and if you want to feel like you are, quote-unquote, with it, it's really important to try to learn about these new things even if you're not in a career. And AI right now, of course, is such a hot thing as you and I are talking. And we just have to learn about AI. And just as when you were starting your career, the internet became a big thing and you embraced it.
0: You're exactly right. Like we have to be lifelong learners. We have to be constantly trying and playing with new technology and then lastly, you made a great point that we're going to talk a lot about, which is massively influencing the land of SAS, which is AI.
1: And the other thing is the idea, it's again a truism, that most of us, when we are in college, as, and even as we're leaving college, we really don't know what we want to do. And those fortunate few who do, God bless you. But most of us, we get out, we don't really know. I like to say, if we're lucky, we're in the right ballpark or the right parking lot, even better, but we may not have found the right parking space yet. And you have to get out there and see what's going on and learn as you did, starting with Xerox to help you figure that out. Some of us do eventually figure it out. Some people may never figure it out, sadly. For those of us, Maya, who are not very familiar With SaaS businesses, products and platforms, can you briefly tell us a little bit more about what SaaS is all about?
0: Yeah. So what is SaaS? Like just on a first principles level, it's software that's hosted in the cloud and accessed by us via the internet or other things we use like mobile apps. And it's the part of the mobile app you and I can't use unless we're connected. Right, to the internet in some fashion. Mm. So that's all that kind of quite simple first principles level. You know, SaaS is. And if we all rewind in time together, for those of us that are old enough to remember, really, the first entrant that made SaaS a thing was Salesforce. You had companies hosting software. Offsite, site You had third parties hosting software for companies off-site. That was the hosted model. Software was born, you and I know, on floppy disks we'd have to install on in our computers wow. or it is that a server is in the back room that only we could use locally, right? So that's where software began. Then we went through this Hey, on the third party, I'll host it for you. So I still got to install the desk. I'm just going to all the servers and you're going to wire in via the phone lines to get access to it. And then finally, Salesforce was born and they said, we're going to post it. So all of you, my customers, can just simply log in via this thing called the internet and get access to all of the workflows and data that that Salesforce h- helps their customers with. Salesforce really was the first that hit the market as a born SaaS company.
1: What's exciting about this for me, and probably for you too, Maya, is I love companies, certainly the people behind those companies who are at the forefront, who break through like that. What would you say are a few of the trends that are taking place today as it relates to SAS?
0: I would have had a different, but not holistically, a very dissimilar answer for you if you and I were talking back in December or January, Jeff. But we are talking in August of 2023. And basically in Fed March of 2023, we all know, What happened, which was generative AI got released, albeit in its early days, to the world. So we're in the middle of a massive transformation. Some people are calling it a re-platform. We are in an internet-level transformation. So there's no way for me to answer that question without saying, it's AI, AI, and more AI. That's how big of a deal this is, and we can talk more about that. But other ones I like to highlight from a tech SaaS perspective are computer vision. is a really exciting space. All things AR, augmented reality, and VR, virtual reality. I think you probably saw Facebook came out with a new Oculus, as well as Apple released their first headset. So anyway, AR, VR are really exciting new platforms and trends. And then lastly, I think we're still in the evolution set of chapters of physical things getting digitized. So it started probably close to 20 years ago, but it still continues. Technology continues to get candidly cheaper and smaller for us to tag a lot of physical things for visibility. So anyway, I think those are four big trends I get really excited about, but I can't put, can't under Jeff, the AI transformation we're in.
1: I get it. I had a recent guest on who mentioned AI, of course. He also mentioned holograms. (laughs) Is that what you're alluding to when you're talking about taking things and digitizing them?
0: I love that. And I listened to several of your episodes. I need to listen to that one because that is a really cool technology. That's not what I meant by visualization, but it is a really cool physical three dimensional rendering of a human. So, anyway, no, what I meant was digitization of physical things like putting tags or trackers on individual boxes, on individual pieces of clothing, right? So, tagging kind of dumb things to make them smart so you know where they're at or what state they're in. So that's what I meant about digitization of physical things.
1: Wow, that's fascinating. Just a quick plug. Eric Schenninger was my guest expert and the topic was the K-12 education globally. Speaking of globally, we're talking about SaaS, we're talking about trends, you named four of them. Are things happening in the same way, Maya? All over the world, we're not U.S.-centric. Or is it uneven? Are some places ahead of others? Can you speak to that, please?
0: It's a great question. And I love, Jeff, that you have a global mindset as a native starting point for the podcast. So there's ubiquitous things that are true. And there's a lot that we still don't know or will be unequal. So let's talk through that ubiquitously, software delivered, hosted in the cloud and delivered v- by the internet is ubiquitous. Okay, so that exists in every country you and I could go to. What's not ubiquitous is a couple things. So on SaaS alone, just SaaS alone, regulations in different countries mean and have impact on SaaS. Okay, so for example, you and I pay subscription fees to SaaS companies, right? We do it, we pay it to get content. We pay it to use applications. And so how that's taxed around the loan is different, okay? So regulations, stuff like how subscriptions are taxed, where data has to be hosted is a big deal, right? We don't want a lot of U.S. sensitive data hosted in Russia. So we have regulations about what data can be hosted where on a country by country basis. And then lastly, the big subject you and I scratched on before is Gen AI, right? So you have all these large language models that require massive amounts of processing power at a hardware level, and not everybody's going to be able to afford this hardware structure and this capital expense at this same rate. The regulations by each country on how they want to handle this thing called generative AI are going to be variable. And so that's the right way to think about this world we live in. Everyone has hosted, cloud-deployed, internet-accessible models and tools. It's just how they're taxed, where data has to live, and what's going to happen with gen AI are going to be variable.
1: I get it. So does that suggest that just as was the case with the internet, some countries, let's say those who have the resources, be they people and or money, are going to move ahead more quickly than others who lack those things?
0: Yeah, it's a great analogy.
1: Same kind of situation. And what about something like augmented reality and virtual reality, which is different from AI? Is that also... Resource intensive, and some countries will move more quickly, Maya, than others.
0: It's especially resource intensive on the headset, the actual hardware side. So, the countries that have populations that can spend 500 to $1,000 either for consumer purposes and usage or business purpose in usage will have broader adoption of these VR platforms than not. So yes, the incentive for maturing the VR space will be directly aligned to the ability to get the headsets in our hands as users to benefit from the software experiences that will be delivered via this hardware.
1: Okay, very helpful. I really hope you're enjoying this episode so far. If you are, can you please do me a small favor? Let some of your family members, friends, or others in your network know about it and about looking forward opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. And hey, if you happen to like this podcast, my interviewing approach, or maybe even my voice, please consider checking out some of the many services my business provides. These include podcast hosting creation and consulting, voiceovers, professional interviewing, production of audio or video profiles to help you sell your business, promote your services, increase your customers, or raise funding, and services to help you market to the large and growing seniors population. That's something I've actually written a book about. To learn more, please visit www.jeff-ostroff.com. You can also email me at jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Now let's get back to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, business, and investment seekers. The biggest focus of looking forward is on opportunities. Thinking about the things that you've talked about, Maya, with the trends and global differences and so forth, and thinking about what you have done, what you're doing now, you're giving birth to companies, you've been a successful entrepreneur. Where do you see opportunities for any of these groups? job seekers, career seekers, business people, entrepreneurs, investors, where do you see opportunities?
0: So I'm going to answer this question, Jeff, with a little bit of a freelude on context. As a venture capital investor in B2B SaaS, every day I'm sitting at the cutting edge. So we're early stage investors. Okay, we're usually the first check that someone gets So I'm sitting at the earliest tip of the spear on next generation technology that will be more mass adopted candidly in kind of five to 10 years in this really unique, very forward looking professional hat that I wear. Okay, so with that disclaimer, that's going to give you a lot of context for my answer. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yes. It's not like it's happening with you, at least, it's not happening tomorrow, necessarily.
0: Yes, I'm not going to give you an opportunity answer on what's tomorrow, but it's not that much further than tomorrow. And so bear with me. Okay. So I think the right way to for us as humans to think about our professional lives, and I'll stay there, there's a personal answer too. in the future, where these job opportunities, company opportunities, investment opportunities will live. We will all be very comfortable and get very used to having virtual agents, virtual assistants. We're going to have basically digital sidekicks that are going to make, Jeff, you and I in our jobs, no matter what we do, better. And they're going to be highly personalized and they're going to be highly contextualized to the work we're doing, okay? And so what AI does is basically supercharge us as human in our jobs to make our ability to do great things and deliver great impact faster. Okay. So that's a meta theme that I'm sharing because what then what that means is what you and I kicked off with, which is, Hey, everyone. Welcome to the land of AI. The cat's out of the bag. Hop on GPT shop on Google Lambda, start using these tools because there are massive amounts of companies and talented founders and investment going into taking these engines and building agents, sidekicks, partners in crime for you in your job and what you do today. So use this technology. It's going to be literally in your pocket faster than I think any of us can predict. So with that meta theme, Jeff, I love how you are to ask. Okay, Maya, what does that mean specifically? But I love that. So I want to talk about that probably in a couple of buckets. Specifically, I think for people building software or building in this Gen AI world, there's going to be a couple of things we should all think about as we're growing our careers or just starting our careers, okay? So focus on jobs where human judgment is at the core of the job. The other type of job is areas in software development that have to be highly dynamic. So let me bring these down to ground. Human judgment lives in architect-level jobs, right? Data architect's. Software architects. Okay, these are areas where you need a lot of science, that there's still human judgment and art that needs to be applied. That is vastly different than if you're doing a basic coding job today that's highly repeatable and replicative. Those jobs will majorly shift, right? They won't exist in our lifetime. Okay, Mm -hmm. so stay with software jobs that require significant human judgment and are sitting on that architecture strategy level. The other type of job that will be safe in software development is those jobs where the code is constantly under threat and dynamically needs to be chased. Think cybersecurity, okay? So from a software perspective, I think those are hot jobs. I think the other hot jobs are Anything on the engineering side that's building really smart hardware. So as humans, like I said, we're all going to have sidekicks. We're all going to have helpers in the future. And some of that help, Jeff, if I'm a laborer in a warehouse or putting away groceries on the store shelves, might be augmented robotics helping me do those jobs or taking products from one aisle to the next for me, right? Right. And so I think hardware engineering and software jobs will be super, super interesting. So those are some very tactical things I think about on the software job side. And then I think what's also going to be interesting, and I have two young sons, so this is a live conversation. I now think about the world and their prospects for employment, candidly, very differently than I did even one year ago. So what that means is, if you think about jobs that touch the physical world, right? I'm a plumber, I'm a hairdresser, I'm a nurse, I'm a doctor. All of these talented humans will get sidekicks and be supercharged. But you cannot replace human touch and our ability to lift things, move things, touch things as you get the point. And you cannot substitute that human judgment. The meta-theme is judgment and living in the three-dimensional world, adding value. All of us are getting sidekicks. All of us will become more digitized. We're all going to get supercharged. I just think the weight and the value of what will be important in work in the future will be, I can move stuff around in the physical world and make impact. And, or I can use my human judgment in unique ways in digital spaces.
1: Those are great opportunities for people, Maya, who are looking for jobs, maybe building careers, and maybe some people who are going to be freelance experts, right? I'm an investor, I got some money. Maybe I'm an angel investor, maybe I'm not. And I'm thinking, what should I put my money into? And on the other hand, maybe I'm an entrepreneur and I'm I've got I'm very creative and I'm looking at where I might want to start a business or expand whatever it is I have and I'm listening to Maya, and she's got Forum VC, so she's interested in this sort of thing. Where in the SaaS space is there an opportunity for those kinds of people?
0: You're going to love my answer, Jeff, and you're going to hate it, but then I'll take you through why you're going to love it again. <laughs>
1: okay, okay. <laughs> Come for it.
0: So the answer you're going to hate is everywhere.
1: <laughs> everywhere, okay.
0: SaaS powers all industries. Okay, period, hard stuff. There's SaaS that helps humans do very broad spectrums of work. Okay, where I think more specifically, where you should get really excited, the kind of areas that you should look at, which kind of couple of principles that we should all have anchor in. Like one, invest in markets that are big. Okay, so not tiny markets, but big markets financial services is a massive market supply chain is a massive market customer acquisition demand generation marketing is a massive market so you're getting my point like invest where there are tons of dollars being spent to solve to solve these problems number 2 for uh, core first principle is invest in companies that are building things that solve real pain and real pain is really simple in business it's either solving revenue where it's solving cost. Okay. So like we're not in a vitamin market these days, right? These are not nice to have times. It's really nice to be a massage platform built for companies worldwide. That's going to attract a lot less investment today because it's a nice to have and not a we're a tool that can find customers that look like customers you already have and get more of them. We can help you grow revenue. Another really core first principle. If you're saying, Maya, what are the categories that are really exciting to you? All things related to computer vision in physical spaces, being able to turn things into data to then optimize space, operations, count inventories, visibility in the movement of goods from raw material through manufacture, to transporting into a warehouse, to then transporting into distribution centers and ending up at your and my front door. So everything in that supply chain stack that drives visibility and therefore data and therefore can be leveraged for efficiency from multiple regards gets my own really excited. Computer vision applied to helping health professionals with faster diagnosis, take pictures of my teeth, tell me quickly, do I have gum disease? Do I have cavities? Do I have a bad hip? Where's my hip bad? What kind of surgery do I need? What kind of implant do I need? So brain confusion, computer vision, I think all healthcare gets me really excited. So those are just some themes that that kind of surface top of mind on the really specific side, Jeff, today.
1: Those are great suggestions, overarching principles. And all of this, Maya, ties into SAS.
0: All of it ties into SAS.
1: Wow, it's just amazing.
0: An unbelievable moment in time, Jeff. So this has been absolutely delightful.
1: Yeah, exciting. Well, before we have you speak to our listeners about how they can get in touch with you, learn more about Forum VC and so forth, you've done a bit of this already, Maya. If you could perhaps repeat, if necessary, or add on to, what are a few tips, two or three that you would give to somebody who's either looking to get into the SaaS software world, take advantage of some of these opportunities you've been talking about. We could be talking about your children who are going to be going to college and what they need to study maybe. We could be talking about somebody who's looking to make a shift. We could be talking about an entrepreneur, an investor. Pick and choose. What are some concrete tips that you would give people?
0: Yeah, so if you want to grow a career, start a career in SaaS, if you will, the first thing you want to do is probably apply your own personal filter and just say, what do I care about? What areas of the world in general do I care about? Construction, healthcare, financial services, like you get my point, just pick an anchor and there's SaaS for that. So just know that there'll be a career. And then once you find that anchor of a passion area there's an employer right there, right? So use firsthand experience to basically say, I'm already using these X, Y, and Z tools and love them. I want to go work for them. The other thing is obviously you can always find SaaS jobs. So SaaS is obviously not one thing, right? There's engineering jobs, there's user research and experience jobs. There are product management jobs. There are sales jobs. There are finance jobs, like all of this is not SaaS is a business, right? So you get all the normal jobs. So you'll know what lane you want to fit into. But I would really recommend looking at Google will tell you the top SaaS companies, the highest growth SaaS companies, look for high growth companies and really big markets, solving problems that you care about. That's how I'd start. And I think that's really the best true north that I can share
1: you care about is so important because I've certainly learned myself that you can get knocked down a lot. And if you don't really have a passion for what it is you're doing, you're not going to get up at some point. But if you do really love it, that's going to drive you on. So I I get that. And something else that you said there, which is very important, is you don't have to be a computer geek to necessarily find your niche within the SaaS world
0: don't. No, and you don't have to be a tech savvy person to hop on GPT and have fun with it. Yeah. So that's exactly right.
1: Well, that excites me. I'll tell you. <laughs> Maya, what's the best way for our listeners to find out more about you, Forum Ventures, and I know you're involved in other things, whatever else you'd like them to know about?
0: Yeah, please come find and talk to me, especially if you're founding a company or thinking about founding a company. I can be found at Maya at forum, o r u m b c dot com. You can also hit up forumbc dot com to learn more about the portfolio and founders that we've invested in. So that's how you can best find me. I'm also easily found on LinkedIn.
1: Okay, that sounds terrific. For those of you who aren't sure about this, it'll be in the show notes. Maya's first name is spelled M A I A. Okay. Need to make sure people know that. But again, that will be in the show notes. Maya, this has been a delight. I have learned quite a bit here. I'm most excited personally about the fact that you don't have to be a computer geek to be able to get excited about this. And what's also interesting about it is that it isn't just something that is going to affect those who are in the working world. It's going to have an effect on us personally.
0: Right. Thank you, Jeff. Just a delight as well.
1: Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. I hope you've enjoyed it and will benefit from it. And if you did like it, please share this episode with anyone you know who you think might also find it of value. And if you have any comments or questions about Looking Forward, or any suggestions for future topics or guest experts, you can reach me at the website www.jeff-ostroff.com or through my email address jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Thanks.